for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. Now, we as Christians oftentimes sing an old hymn that says, count the blessings that you receive from the Lord. Now, we do that in order to encourage ourselves, to remind ourselves that God is always with us. And by that reflection, we always become encouraged, looking at the past and looking forward to our sufferings. But how about if I suggested the opposite? How about counting the numbers of sins that you are aware of? I mean, as we go down the list, I'm pretty sure most of us will become very discouraged and concerned. But here in today's passage, we see Job list down all the sins that he is aware of. And not only that, he presents himself in all those cases innocent. Now, how many of us are able to do that in comparative sense to Job? I don't think many of us, even pastors, would be able to confidently say, in all those sins, I have kept myself pure. But in that midst of the list and his presentation of innocence, I want to draw some insights that could be applied to us. I'm not saying Job is doing these things correctly, because in that, there is an insight that speaks to us in order for us to meditate how to navigate this problem of sin before the Lord. So why don't we take a look at today's passage and meditate on it together. Job chapter 31 verses 1 through 23 I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. For what is our lot from God above, our heritage from the Almighty on high? Is it not ruin for the wicked, disaster for those who do wrong? Does he not see my ways and count my every step? If I have walked with falsehood or my foot has hurried after deceit, let God weigh me in honest scales and he will know that I am blameless. If my steps have turned from the path, if my heart has been led by my eyes, or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown, and may my crops be uprooted. If my heart has been enticed by a woman, or if I have lurked at my neighbor's door, then may my wife grind another man's grain, and may other men sleep with her. For that would have been wicked, a sin to be judged. It is a fire that burns to destruction. It would have uprooted my harvest. If I have denied justice to any of my servants, whether male or female, when they had a grievance against me, what will I do when God confronts me? What will I answer when called to account? Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us both within our mothers? If I have denied the desires of the poor or let the eyes of the widow grow weary, if I have kept my bread to myself, not sharing it with the fatherless, but from my youth I reared them as a father would, and from my birth I guided the widow, 
If I have seen anyone perishing for lack of clothing, or the needy without garments, and their hearts do not bless me for warming them with the fleece from my sheep, if I have raised my hand against the fatherless, knowing that I had influence in court, then let my arm fall from the shoulder, let it be broken off at the joint. For I dreaded destruction from God, and for fear of His splendor, I could not do such things. So in Job chapter 31, we see Job pleading his case, listing down the sins that he is aware of, and then in all those categories, he says he has been pure from the inside of his heart to the outside of his behaviors. In this chapter 31, uh, most people will categorize into a minimum of 10 to maximum 16 different types of sins. But here, uh, in a regular uh, uh, mention, people would just categorize them into 12 in chapter 31. But in our passage today, up to uh, the passage, we only see six of them. Uh, they are uh, verses 1 to 4, lust. 5 to 6, deceit. 7 to 8, greed. 9 to 12, adultery. 13 to 15, injustice towards slaves. And lastly, in today's passage, from 16 to 23, hard-heartedness towards the poor. Now, these are type of sins that is a bit different from what we see from Ten Commandments, probably because Job was in a time, probably before the Pentateuch that was written. Maybe he wasn't aware of the scriptural knowledge of God's revelation, but nevertheless, he was able to have a sense of consciousness uh, as he stood before God that these are the sins that he had to keep watch and keep himself pure. But in these categories, he says this in a negative sense. If I have committed this, these, uh, these sins, then punishment would have been experienced in my life. He does so in this way to present that since she did not see any sufferings and punishment according to this list of categorized sins, that means I am totally innocent. So Job makes this protest before his friends publicly, but the intention here is to plead his case in a legal sense before the Lord. He says God's indictment, there is something wrong with that. He is going through this suffering based on his worldview of uh, uh, causal retribution, saying that there is something wrong with God. And he pleads his case almost belligerently to say that he is clearly innocent. Now, what is the reason here, and why is he doing that? And what do we see from here? Like I mentioned in the beginning, if you start counting down the sin, most of us would say, let's do that, uh, let's stop that, because it's discouraging. I mean, many of us would say, I am not innocent to the uh, categories that Job mentioned. But he does this, not only plead himself innocent, but also put his case before God so that he hears, but with something that we could draw an insight from, which is unrest. He is unrest. Why? Because he kept his religious fervor, trying to keep his purity and his innocence. But in the midst of all this suffering, his religiosity crumbles down. 
and he is in perplexity, and he is in chaos, and there he does not know how to understand and also uh, withstand all this pain and suffering and accusation. The reason is because he had solely depended on his legalistic religiosity. Yes, that is sometimes very important, but when it's founded upon grace, when God gives you grace of salvation and that motivates you in order to keep all the commands of God and to be holy before God because your Lord is holy, then that grace becomes a foundation and a motivation and encouragement even though you fall short before God's standard of His holiness and purity and His glory. But here, without grace, Job crumbles and stumbles. Here, even though he lists all the sin, proving himself to be innocent, there is no one to hear, there is no one to listen, there is no one to mediate for his case. And there, he become ever more depressed. He never experienced this suffering before, and there, his heart is troubled. My brothers and sisters in Christ, without grace, we cannot have confidence in our religious uh, legalism. Our religiosity does not mediate our, our stance before the Lord. What does? The grace of God that we have received. Salvation through Christ Jesus that saved us all. That saved us all not only, but also renewed our heart. That becomes something that we hold on to in the midst of all sufferings. Even though we fall short of God's command and His glory and His holiness and His purity and all the cleansiness that He says in His commandment, we, yet in the midst of all, uh, all the, the, the falling short of it, we are ever more confident because we know God will lead us to His holiness. So why was Job with unrest? You see in verse 23, For I dreaded destruction from God, and for fear of His splendor I could not do such things. So we can see that out of fear and out of terror of God's wrath, He kept all the commands to be pure before the Lord. And that crumbled and stumbled Him in front of the suffering that He received with no reason. And there, sadly, we see Job in unrest. And my brothers and sisters, we have rest in Christ Jesus because even though we suffer, we know that our life is dependent on our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. There, we find our confidence, not in our religiosity, but the grace that God gave us in order to found ourselves, in order to live in accordance to His Word. So I hope that this be a guideline to all of us and an insight for all of us who is struggling in suffering, trying to keep that religious fervor, but rather than that, hold on to God's grace. Let us pray. Father Lord, guide us and lead us to you by your grace found in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let your salvation overwhelm us so that we in the midst of suffering may know what to hold on to. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul,
stepping in closer. CGM.